0: You may have seen a film back in the day. What well, I think it was 2013. The film came out called Gravity, and had Sandra Bullock and George Clooney in it. And it was about a disaster, and there's a there's a there's a collision that's happened in space, and uh, they're doing a spacewalk and then suddenly they get hit by this cloud of debris that's flying around the planet. You know the whole thing gets very pear-shaped and becomes a great action-adventure movie. So if you haven't seen it, Gravity is a good one to see. Quite realistic in terms of what it would be like if you were up at the International Space Station or in the shuttle, as it kind of focuses on what you'd experience if you were hit by a cloud of space debris. Well, the chances of that happening have sort of increased a little bit because the Russians have tested... A missile system and they've t- and they've deliberately destroyed one of their own I think defunct satellites this has created this big cloud of, of debris that's that's orbiting and does actually threaten the International Space Station and the irony is that there's Russians on board the International Space Station there's I think there's Americans Europeans and Russians currently on board the International Space Station it's a collaborative effort Russia's been involved from the outset and they've contributed their own modules to the construction of the space station so it's kind of odd that they would actually endanger their own infrastructure that's uh, in orbit and also the lives of their own crew as well as the other crew from uh, other countries including the united states it's drawn some quite sharp criticism from the administrator of uh, nasa just quoting uh, bill nelson he said earlier today due to the debris generated by the destructive russian anti-satellite test the international space station astronauts and cosmonauts undertook emergency procedures for safety um, he said i'm outraged by this irresponsible and destabilizing action with its long and storied history in human spaceflight, it is unthinkable that russia would endanger not only the american and international partner astronauts on the iss but also their own cosmonauts now, it's not only the International Space Station that's uh, at risk because of this debris, but also other satellites, weather satellites, communication satellites, all sorts of very, very expensive space infrastructure uh, that's up there and relies on you know, there being clear space to travel in orbit around the Earth. These sort of things, these uh, deliberate destruction of satellites to test weapons, space-based weapons, is is really uh, n- not popular with many countries. I think a few years ago, the Chinese uh, did a similar sort of test uh, this also caused controversy because it, it created a lot of debris there's already a lot of space junk up there space junk is a problem there are websites that show you that uh, you know this cloud of debris that has been accumulating basically since the 1950s when rockets first started being launched you know starting with Sputnik this gradual accumulation of debris because not everything breaks up some a lot of defunct satellites stay in orbit they decay gradually and and some of them eventually burn up in the atmosphere Atmosphere and, and uh, the bigger ones actually can pose a risk to people on Earth or to cities and towns on the surface. The big issue is that if we want to, you know, get into space and develop space as a resource and as a place to do science and to uh, expand civilization and go. Back to the moon and beyond, then uh, we do really need to have kind of clear boundaries around what happens in orbit and uh, and reduce this amount of uh, dangerous debris that's flying around at, at very high speeds. Something, something in the order of uh, 28,000 kilometers per hour. This debris is, is is moving, so it's much faster than a bullet if it was fired on, on Earth on the surface. Apparently, this uh, recent anti-satellite test created more than 1,500 pieces of trackable space debris and hundreds of thousands of smaller, undetectable pieces of debris in low Earth orbit. Now, that's where the International Space Station is, or close to where it is. It's kind of the edge of space. I think the International Space Station is at about 400 kilometres above the surface. Low Earth orbit is anything from about 150 kilometres and up. So it can have a a, a real um, detrimental effect on the safety of, of people on board the International Space Station and, as I mentioned, other satellites. It increases this space junk, and this really does uh, you know, create problems for the longer term. Just quoting more from uh, Bill Nelson, head of NASA, he said, "'All nations have a responsibility to prevent "'the purposeful creation of space debris.'" from anti-satellite uh, weapons and to foster a safe sustainable space environment NASA will continue monitoring the debris in the coming days and beyond to ensure the safety of our crew in orbit so there was a recent there was a crew that had just arrived up there I think four additional astronauts had only literally the day before had arrived up there and they the first day on the job on the ISS was to uh, to you know, to sort of close off certain areas uh, and and move around the station to avoid the risk of being in affected parts if they were struck by debris. Now that that uh, risk, I believe, has subsided, and uh, things have gone back to normal on the International Space Station. But interesting times. Space is uh, is just another theatre of war, if you like, or potential war but also a place where people are looking to expand human civilization. So there's a bit of a uh, bit of conflict between those two objectives, uh, the, the safety of, of astronauts and the safety of space exploration, uh, but also the interest in dominating it from a uh, military point of view. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au. Russia's missile test on Monday, November 15, 2021, hit one of its own satellites called Cosmos 1408, and that created 1,500-plus pieces of identifiable debris in low Earth orbit and many smaller, still dangerous pieces the u.s government says this is a dangerous and irresponsible act the destruction of this cosmos 1408 happened at a similar altitude to the international space station just above the iss's orbit which russia is a stakeholder in Uh, cost in excess of 100 billion u.s dollars to build Uh, the technology actually or the space shuttle uh, which was instrumental in putting the pieces up there and putting them together is no longer available, so it's kind of an irreplaceable item in some ways. It would take a, a lot of orbits with falcons or falcon heavies to, uh, to get a similar object up in space. Uh, and there are also two cosmonauts on board at the time, back on November the 15th. And what it really does is it, it's in, increasing the weaponization of space. Now, it has to be acknowledged that the United States, China, India and Russia have all tested ASAT, or anti-satellite weapons, at different times. I think the America, Americans were first to do it uh, 10 or so years ago. But what is concerning is the International Space Station does pass uh, through the debris field every 90 minutes or so on each orbit. Uh, and there are a whole bunch of other satellites doing important things up there, which are also in that debris area. These include Earth observation, weather prediction, internet and communication satellites. Russia responded to criticism that the test did not and will not endanger the International Space Station or any other satellites nearby. Um, But it has been suggested by some that the Russian military acted without the knowledge of Roscosmos, which is the Russian space agency. Just some statistics on space debris in general, and there's a really good website you can have a look at if you want to see more about a graphic representation of uh, just how much stuff is in orbit. It's quite an amazing thing to look at the Earth spinning like a sort of um, a bit like a coronavirus, but a really bad, gnarly one covered in and surrounded by these little dots. And you can move your cursor around. It tells you what all these little things are. And it also shows you groups of things. For example, Galileo, which is like a GPS network, Uh, what SpaceX has got up there in orbit, GLONASS, which is the Russian sort of equivalent of GPS, Uh, the GPS network itself, Global Positioning System, the original constellation of satellites owned and run by America, Iridium, which were communication satellites. And then you've got to remember there's also all those Starlink satellites that have been launched by SpaceX, literally, I think, thousands of them. Uh, rather controversially launched. And in fact, a lot of um, astronomers have been concerned about the uh, interference with the view of, of the heavens caused by that uh, huge number of uh, internet-delivering Starlink satellites that SpaceX has, has orbited. So the website is, uh, is just literally dot space. if you want to check that out. These statistics on space debris since uh, Sputnik in 1957, there's been about 5,000 launches into space, creating over 23,000 10 centimetre or larger individual pieces of debris. Now, that's about 99% of the total mass of debris in orbit, which uh, adds up to more than 8,000 tonnes. Then there's 740,000 objects between one to 10 centimeters in size, and then a further 160,000 between 0.1 and one centimeter. So between one millimeter and one centimeter in size. So uh, the the biggest category is by far is the one to 10 centimeter size. And if something the size of 10 centimeter traveling at 28,000 kilometers per hour, which is the the earth escape velocity. So lots of things that are in orbit are traveling at that speed, because that was the initial speed that was achieved to get into orbit in the first place. If something that size hit the international space station, it would cause a huge amount of damage and, uh, potentially threaten the uh, the very existence of the station and also the lives of whoever happens to be on board, Russians, Europeans or Americans or, or Japanese as well. They're all partner countries in the International Space Station and they've all got modules up there connected together forming the station. There have been some moves to look at how to clear space debris and I was reminded of a show that I, I remember watching as a kid back in the 1970s, I think it was late 70s, there was a TV series with Andy Griffiths called Salvage One. And uh, the premise of that was to go to the moon. He was a salvage operator on earth and he decided he'd build a rocket, which he did, and go off to the moon and, and get all the sort of leftover space and Apollo era gear and robotic landers and stuff that were on the moon and bring them back to earth and sell them as, as um, scrap. And that's exactly what he did. So salvage one. You can uh, have a look at that on YouTube. There's a few clips there, but the sort of serious missions um, that do exist, they're sort of fairly minor, and they're not able to do anything um, particularly effective on a large scale to uh, to address the issue of space debris. But the European Space Agency and Clear Space, which is a start a Swiss startup, have a contract to carry out debris removal from space. And there's the Elsa D demo mission which is also going to be clearing objects in orbit. So there are some some tentative steps being made to look at this issue. And I imagine after this Cosmos 1408 explosion on uh, Monday, the 15th of November, that there will be even more of a focus on what to do about the existing issue, not just going forward to try to discourage this happening again, but what do you do about the existing debris you know, there's the cure, which doesn't really exist. And the prevention, which is considered a better alternative to address space debris and further space debris is to don't create space debris intentionally, for example, firing hypersonic missiles at uh, defunct satellites that you've got in orbit, as the Russians did. Remove volatiles while your satellites are operational. So if they are hit by an object accidentally, then they don't explode because they've got extra fuel, or excess fuel on board. So that's a design issue. That's about what you do with the satellite while it's operational. Respect the 25-year rule, which says that satellites should re-enter the Earth's atmosphere and burn up, ideally, within 25 years of the end of their operational life which you'd reckon would be achievable. You know, it's, it's not hard to plan for something that long. Also, there is a, a designated area of orbit. It's known as the graveyard and, and use that. So send your satellites to the graveyard. That way they're, they're known about and they're not presenting as much of a risk to um, other operational satellites or space stations or even, um, you know, manned capsules that are doing other deep space missions potentially the Artemis mission to the moon and even going on to Mars and uh, the the prospect of a a space station in orbit around the moon as part of the the Artemis project. One thing to interfere with um, satellites communication or otherwise but uh, a very different matter when you're interfering with the human space program which is being advanced by China, Russia, European Union, Japan and America and other partners. Just on this this theme of the militarization of space, General James Dickinson, commander of US Space Command, uh, has said that, uh, quote, Russia has demonstrated a deliberate disregard for the security, safety, stability, and long-term sustainability of the space domain for all nations. Russia's tests of direct ascent anti-satellite weapons clearly demonstrate that Russia continues to pursue counter-space weapon systems that undermine strategic stability and pose a threat to all nations the americans believe there is uh, and others uh, believe there's greater need for uh, regulations on satellite mega constellations like starlink and especially as those sort of constellations grow and CubeSats and nano satellites become more common and cheap to launch because don't forget one of the, the huge things and good things that, that SpaceX and Blue Origin are, are trying to do is to lower the cost, dramatically lower the cost of uh, getting things up into orbit and getting things into space. And that's been achieved because of the reusable first stages and, and uh, other measures, private uh, sector approach to that business. But that is meaning there's more stuff being launched. Uh, So even more of a reason to have some clear guidelines about what happens up there. The US State Department Deputy Secretary Wendy Sherman says the United Nations is working to establish, quote, national security space norms of behaviour. And this will hopefully get some uh, some internationally agreed protocols in place regarding uh, the creation of space debris. But it is hard to... Fathom given the weaponization and the militarization of space that is occurring in parallel to the civilian use and non-military uses of space, and often the technologies are hard to separate. According to General David Thompson, US Space Force Vice Chief of Space Operations, American adversaries are constantly testing the line between intelligence gathering and acts of war. He says, quote, there's a whole host of ways that our space systems can be threatened. And these are not just hypersonic missile ASAT tests, but also lasers, radio jammers and hacking. China is reputedly more advanced with space weapons than Russia, but both countries have satellites that attack other satellites. Russia has directly threatened NATO satellites in recent weeks, including the GPS network, which is American owned saying, and this is quoting Russian military, if NATO crosses our red line, it risks losing all 32 of its GPS satellites at once, which would leave NATO's missiles, planes, ships and ground forces blind. So let's hope this doesn't go on for much longer, but there is a growing trend towards the militarization of space. And that has big issues for the peaceful use of space, which is uh, what a lot of people are interested in seeing happen. Beyond the Good